Love your grandma. Love your nana. But don't put nana's word above God's word. Love people, but know their place. That anything that is on this earth is beneath the footstool of God. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the word. I want to welcome you and all those who are listening on airjesus.com, where we have over 100,000 live listeners joining us today. Uh, thankful for this opportunity to share with you a word from the Lord. I want to honor Pastor Nathaniel and C. Elijah Bronner, thanking them for this opportunity uh, to share the word of life and the water of life uh, with the Ark of Salvation, and thanking you for being here this morning. I want to caution you as we start today, because the atmosphere, uh, the conditions that are here in the church this morning are ripe for things to take place, Uh, things that are miraculous, things that are life-changing, and it's all because of why we are here today. I want to reference you to the book of John, chapter 4. We're going to read a few short verses, beginning with verse 21, and it reads, Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me that the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. We worship what we know, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Because verse 24 declares that God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and and in truth. The atmosphere that I spoke about is an attitude of worship. The Bible tells us that God inhabits the praises of his people. And when God inhabits places, things change. They cannot stay the same because of his very nature, because of who he is. His energy interjects itself into whatever atmosphere he finds himself and things begin to change. If you're looking for deliverance this morning, this is the place to be because the atmosphere is set for that to take place. If you're looking for deliverance from something, right here is where you need to be because I promise you it can take place. If you are looking to make a change in direction in your life, that can happen today because the place where we are is ready for worship. I want to put out to you a topic for this morning This is a call to worship, a call to worship. I find it interesting that Jesus in a statement with the woman of Samaria says that the father is looking for people to worship him. Think about that. God being who he is and all that he is looks for people to worship him. Now, if he is looking for people to worship him, then something tells me that masses aren't following the road for worship. See, because worship is not what we assume it is. 
Worship is something uh, that is extraordinary and goes beyond anything that we can understand. Hopefully before you leave this morning, you will understand better worship. Now, you being here is not a mistake. And it has more to do with God than you really think it is. Now, you're here seeking God, but really God is calling you. Everything that we do in life, it is because of God. Paul declared in the book of Acts that we live, we move, and we have our being because of God. It goes on to say through Paul in the book of Romans that the very faith that you have to believe in Christ comes from God. So you coming here to worship God has more to do with God than you really, really know. But why are you here today? Have you asked yourself that question? Why are you here? I know you're not here because I'm here. I'm glad that you're here because I'm here. But I know when you got up this morning, you may and you may not have known that James Sappho was preaching today. And you said, yes, I've got to go and hear this brother preach. So I'm not so puffed up to believe that I'm the reason that you're here. Now, Sunday is the day that we as a group of believers assemble as a corporate body to pay homage, devotion and honor to the God that we accepted as our Lord. Now, many of us have learned from our youth that this is the right thing to do, and I applaud you for that. But I pray that you being here has more to do with you having a relationship with Christ than you having a relationship with your parents. Many are here not having grown up in church, after living a while, have come to the knowledge that you need to serve a God and have come here for that reason. Your reason for being here needs to be known to you. But again, the question, why are you here? I'm pretty sure you can find something to do on Sunday mornings between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. I'm pretty sure there's some activity that you can get yourself involved with to, to find pleasure. But there's something that brings you here today. When you laid down last night, you purposed in your mind that you were going to be an ark of salvation today. Is it because of habit? Is it because mama said you were going to be here? Regardless of the reason, you need to know why are you here today? Now, as we describe it, going to church is really worship. Now, worship is the reason why we have assembled here today. Worship is a human response to the perceived presence of a divine, a presence which transcends normal human activity and is holy. Webster says that worship is to treat somebody or something as divine and show respect by engaging in acts of prayer and devotion. A lot of that goes on while we're here. And we've recognized that God is worthy of our adoration. He has so impacted your life today that you find it necessary to interrupt normal activities of life, to take out a segment of your time to just simply come and say, thank you, God. Dr. Miles Monroe speaks greatly about purpose. He says that everything has a purpose. 
If you don't understand the purpose of something, eventually you end up abusing it. And that is the reason why many people have a bad taste, if you will, of church because worship has been misunderstood. We don't understand its intent. But Miles Monroe goes on to say that if you want to know the creation of a thing as far as why it was created, don't ask someone who uses it. Ask the creator. If you want to know what worship is really all about, don't ask me. Ask the father. And God wants you to understand today what true worship is really all about. I love you, brother Glenn. That was wonderful what you opened up. Genesis chapter 2. Verse 7 speaks about God forming man from the dust of the earth. And after forming him, he breathed into him the breath of life. And it says that at that time, man became a living soul. A soul is a mind, will, and emotion. It is more than just the heart of a person. It is who the person really is. Now, to look at me, you can see the physical Description of what God put for you to understand. This is James Sappho. But the heart of me you cannot see because it is enclosed by the flesh and it is really who I am. If you want to know who you are, you are who you are when you're by yourself, when nobody is around. That is the real you. Because when you come in front of me and when I get in front of you, I dress up. I act a certain way because there are expectations that you may have of me. But one thing for sure, the real me, you have not seen. The real you, I have not seen. But one thing I do know, God has seen us all. He knows our very being. He knows our frame and sees us as we truly are. So when we come to him, We should not come dressed up with the falsities, excuse me, the falsities of life, but the realness of who we are and wanting him to know God dressed as I am. I want you to accept me. The reason why many people delay getting involved in church is because of the the misconception that I have to do something to get right with God. Truth be told, if you could have gotten right, you would have gotten right a long time ago. Many of us hate the very things that we do, but find ourselves repeating them over and over again. And if it were really up to you, most of the bad things we involve ourselves in, we would stop. But we can't because there's something inside of us that stops us from being able to just cut it off like that. But having a relationship with the father through the son whose spirit lives inside of you gives you the ability to do things that you could not do without his help. Because of his help, we should come to worship. We were created to worship. That is our purpose. Psalm 150 verse 6 declares, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Psalm 102.18 says, and the people which shall be created shall praise the Lord. That is why we were created. Yes, I was created to birth my kids, but my kids should be a worship and a praise unto the Father. Because of the way I raised them, they come to know 
that God is the way to salvation. And by them having that experience and knowledge, they too can join in with me and worship the Father. Worship is more than you ever could really think it is. Now, God does benefit from our worship. I don't want you to think that it is just something that we do just to do it. God benefits from our worship. But have you ever thought you benefit from worship also? There's something that you walk out with this experience that you did not have before coming in. Now, God does benefit from our worship. Psalm 22 verse 3 says, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabits the praises of Israel. Psalm 149.4 says, For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. God enjoys it when we praise him. He loves it when we tell him thank you. We, he, 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 he gets his, 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 his fill of us telling him, God, you are such a good God. Think about it. When people praise you and give you acceptance, it makes you feel better. You walk taller, your shoulders are stronger, and you have a spring in your step because the energy of other people is giving you what you need. God himself does not need our praise, but he wants it. Because when we recognize how good he is, we can give him the glory that is due to his name. Psalm 29, 2 says, give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Worship is beautiful. If you ever experienced it for yourself, you know it. And because you know it, you will never be the same. Now, we benefit from worship because it helps us to fulfill our purpose. When you have done a work successfully, you feel good about yourself. When you've completed an assignment that your boss gave you, you can say, it is done. Yes, you know that you've done what you're supposed to and you can take joy in your accomplishments. When we praise God, we feel better because that's what we were created to do. It is something about knowing an assignment and completing that assignment that gives us satisfaction. So because we have been created in his image, because he has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness in his son, Jesus Christ, We should desire to worship the Father and give him all the praise that is due unto his name. Psalm 149.5 says, let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. We get joy. We feel better when we worship the Lord. I promise you, you can walk into a church heavy laden with burdens, but let the spirit move upon you and you get involved with the worship. You'll find yourself feeling lighter. The worries that you walked in, you don't care about them right now because the beauty of the Lord now fills your mind. It is something beautiful about worship. Psalm 122.1 says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Worshiping God brings gladness to our hearts. It gives us energy and life. It makes us be able to get through the dullness and the drones of life, even though things seem like they won't change. But because we serve a God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, think about this, above anything that you can ask or even think, according to the power that works within you. The Spirit of God 
gives us the ability to connect with him and worship him as he truly deserves. Now, we must be careful what it is that we worship. Now, we must be careful because it is possible to worship something other than God. Exodus chapter 20, verse 3 tells us, this is God speaking, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is on the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them for the Lord thy God is a jealous God. He does not like his attention, his glory being given to anything other than himself. You should be able to identify with that. Think about it. Have you ever had a task at work? You did it, but somebody else got the credit. Tell me how you feel about that. And if there are any bonuses that come in association with that, if they get it, tell me how you really feel. So how do you think God feels? We give something that should be his to something that cannot help us and will not help us. So we must understand that other things can be worshipped besides the Father. 1 Samuel 5 tells how the Ark of the Covenant was captured by the Philistines. Now they were so arrogant, they placed the Ark in their house of worship, in the house of their god, Dagon. When the pagan priest came in that morning, they found their idol god prostrate before the Ark, lying on his face. Them being filled with wonder and amazement simply stood the idol back up. And what about their normal day's worship? That next day when they came in, the same thing had happened, but there was something different. The head of Dagon was off and his hands were also because God said, I will not bow to anything. I am higher than all the earth. The thoughts that I have transcend anything that you can think of. The the, the stupidest part of God Blows out the water any wisest of man. So God said, don't give my glory to anybody else. We can worship our jobs. If you do, be careful because God said, I won't let anything come in front of me. And the very thing that you give your energy to, God might say, "Uh uh-uh, child of mine. And he might cause some things to take place that may make you look at who really is your God. Many of us wonder why the cars that we drive, why it seems like people will park beside us and then scratch us as they open the doors because maybe we're worshiping this car more than we should. We can also worship people. Love your grandma. Love your nana. But don't put nana's word above God's word. Love people, but know their place. That anything that is on this earth is beneath the footstool of God. And because it's beneath the footstool of God, we should give God the glory that is due to his name. When does God get jealous of these things? Whenever we put them in front of him. And on some occasions, if you really search your heart, you'll see that you've done this. So be careful, my brothers and sisters. We must also be careful how we worship. Uh, Aaron, the, the, the brother of Moses, has some sons who were in the ministry, working in the temple. They themselves, in Leviticus chapter 10, 
decided they were going to worship God in a strange way. Uh, begin with verse 1, it says, And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer and put fire therein, and put incense thereon, and offered, as the Bible says, strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. God said, don't do this. They did it anyway. And verse 2 goes on to say, And there went out fire from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord that day. You must be careful how you worship. You need to understand what worship is so you won't abuse it and misuse it. And once you do, you need to make sure you do it the way you've been uh, told. Matthew chapter 15, verse 8 and 9, Jesus said, People draw nigh to me, this is speaking of God, with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. You follow after doctrines of men instead of the principles of Christ, then you are worshiping the wrong thing. You may draw nigh appearing to be righteous, but Jesus said you are a tomb that's been painted and people can't see the death that lies within you. Make sure you're worshiping God in the right way. Now, our scripture today, Jesus is talking to a woman of the country of Samaria. She, like many of us, have been through some bad days. And you may wonder, how can you assume that she has had some bad days? Well, just looking at what's going on preceding our text, we can understand that, yes, she's like us, have had some bad days. And now she is questioning, now what? Now, verse 18 in John chapter 4, Jesus, in this discourse with her, says, Madam, go bring uh, your husband to me. The woman, not knowing who Jesus was, says, I don't have a husband. Verse 18, Jesus said, you know what? You're right. You've had five of them. The man that you're with right now is not even your husband. So that tells me that she has had some pretty bad days. People don't jump from relationship to relationship just for the sake of doing it. Something is going on. Something on the inside they maybe cannot see is making them interact with people that instead of giving them life, takes life away from them. Because of this, I know she has had some bad days. Uh, Also, looking at this text, it tells us that she came to Jesus. This is in verse 6. Jesus was around the well about the sixth hour. Now, in the Jewish time back during those days, the third hour was about nine o'clock in the morning. So if it is the sixth hour, that then tells me, adding three to nine, that it is 12 noon. The well that the people of the town of Samaria, uh, the town of Sychar in Samaria, they went to the well a distance away from the town. You had to walk there. It was not necessarily in the center of town. You had to walk to get there. Why would you... Walk to the well to get water because during those days it was the woman's responsibility to bring water for the house. Why would you go at high noon walking a long distance carrying a heavy water pot? Why would you do this? Most of the people in that town, the other women, would typically do it in the evening when the sun had set and it was much cooler. Based on her life, I would be willing to guess 
that the women of the town would get together and have rap sessions. You know what I'm talking about, children of God. Come on, you, you know how we are. We talk about what she has done in her life and, and how you just can't believe she's that type of person and, and how you just are so good in the eyes of God and how you would never, ever have that many relationships. I'm telling you today, saints of God, we need to be careful how we act and how we interact. This woman would rather be inconvenienced in the heat of the day than endure the ridicule of women in the town. Let me pause right here for just one moment and uh, speak to those who are listening on airjesus.com. We're getting ready uh, to wrap this session up. You can reference the sermon uh, 6292 on airjesus.com because, brother, you need the word. This ends message number 6292 by James Sappho. To send this message, a call to worship, number 6292. To a friend, simply go to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com. This has been message number 6292. Listen to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com often and keep your spirit charged up.